eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day every day with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily, Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of our video feed, 94WIP. Check it out on YouTube, subscribe there. All the best video content, both on-air shows, midday show, morning show, afternoon show, and of course our podcasts that are on video over at 94WIP, the YouTube page. All right, today, you know, sometimes there's a trail of, of breadcrumbs. You start to follow it and you start to kind of piece things together. And the more I think about what the Eagles need... The more I think about what they are doing, the more I think about a conversation that took place last week in Philadelphia, the more I believe now that the Eagles' number one priority should be, and I hope it is, to acquire Patrick Sertain, the cornerback from the Denver Broncos. That should be the number one guy we're all honed in on this offseason. The Eagles, and, and I got a lot of reasons why, but the Eagles need to make this guy the number one priority for their offseason. That's it. They got the coaching staff taken care of now. Now it's about fixing the team, most specifically fixing the defense. And my number one target of anyone out there, you know, that is somewhat attainable in the NFL is Pat Sertain. So a couple things jump to mind right away, and I, I think it's hard to ignore. Number one, Vic Fangio is now the Eagles defensive quarter. Vic Fangio, of course, drafted Patrick Sertain as a top ten pick. That draft you know, that draft, that was the draft. It was Sertain. It was J.C. Horn. It was a great draft. Uh, and, of course, it was the receivers between Waddle and Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. Those were the, the corner-wide receiver combinations. Great draft. Penny Sewell, um, you know, that's when all the those guys went in 2021. And the Eagles had 
the sixth pick, then they moved back, they jumped back up, and it was kind of dancing around Micah Parsons in there, Rashawn Slater, great, great draft. And a lot of the conversation pre-draft was, would the Eagles take a corner or a wide receiver? I really like J.C. Horn, who went to the Panthers, Sertain, tremendous, and then of course there's the receivers like Devontae Smith. And I don't think the Eagles regret their choice at all, but I think from the beginning, they had an eye on Patrick Sertain. So he goes to Vic Fangio in Denver. Now, of course, Vic Fangio here in Philadelphia as the defensive coordinator. Last evening, the Eagles hired Christian Parker from the Broncos to come be their defensive backs coach. He was the Broncos defensive backs coach. So now Patrick Sertain's position coach is here in Philadelphia, his former head coach and defensive leader in Vic Fangio here in Philadelphia, okay? And the need here, let's go to that for a second. So the fit for Sertain would be very comfortable. A team that liked him in the draft, a team that probably scouted him, interviewed him, all those kind of things, with former coaches of his all over Philadelphia as the Eagles try to rebuild their defense. And then when it comes to the Eagles right now and a need, the need is significant. And I know the Eagles spent a lot of money last year at the cornerback position and spread it over years to bring back Darius Slay and James Bradbury. But quite frankly, I, I don't care. At some point, you have to make a decision, and you may have to eat some cap room because you have to make changes there. And the way I look at it is the Eagles have two old corners, and I don't care what their cap number is. You can't have two old corners. We saw what happened this year. At, at some points of the season, they had three old corners because Bradley Roby was playing the, the nickel position when Avante Maddox out. Pat Sertain is 23 years old. He is the future you know, he and Sauce Gardner and a couple others are the future of the position in the NFL. And the Eagles right now have no certainty at the position. You know, I saw some good things from Keely Ringo. Hugh Douglas on the Midday Show really likes Keely, and maybe he becomes a guy. But I'm not betting my future on Keely Ringo. It's more of if he develops into a starting corner, great. He could be on the other side of Pat Sertain. Pat Sertain is the guy that could lead the Eagles' defense to the future. And as far as how they make it work cap-wise, they move on for both Bradbury and Slate, I don't know. You know, I think there's a world where they could cut Bradbury, trade Slay. I think trade, Slay would still have some sort of value to teams desperate for corner, um, you know, either pre or post draft, and you get a mid round pick back for him and you wash your hands of it. I could see that. If you don't want to pay all these corners between the ones that are here, the ones that are not, you could do that. And they could go totally young at the position, or they could keep Slay for one more year and put Sertain on the other side and make Slay their number two instead of the de facto number one. I think that would make the whole operation just flow a lot better. So I think that is a possibility. But we saw last year's pass defense. When you're as bad on defense as the Eagles were last year, you have to make some significant changes. And Sertain would be a significant change. I, I, If it was up to me, the only guy back from the secondary last year that I would guarantee a spot to, and I don't even know if I'd guarantee him a starting spot, but he'd be, you know, he'd be on the team, is Reed Blankenship because he's cheap, and I saw some pretty good things in the first half of the season. The other safety position is Kevin Bayard, see ya. I would move on from both starting corners, and I have to have a real conversation as to whether I can keep trusting Avante Maddox to stay healthy because he just can't. So I may have to change the nickel position too. So I'm looking to remake the entire secondary. They couldn't stop the pass. It was bombs away. It didn't matter what quarterback was out there. It was Mac Jones over 300 yards in week one. It was Kirk Cousins in week two. It was Baker Mayfield twice this season. You know, you go to the Sam Howell games. Between Baker, and Baker had a pretty good season, but between Sam Howell and Mac Jones, those should, those should have been the biggest red flags. And I'm trying to push the push the panic button and 
wave a white flag and say, hold on, we need help over here in the secondary um, all season long. But when you get torched by Mac Jones and you get torched by Sam Howell, you, got, you can't bring those corners back next year. You can't bring those, those guys covering back next season. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So you have to upgrade. So there's different ways they can. Obviously, the 22nd pick in the draft is a way to go get a corner. But a couple things stand out there. One... Howie and the Eagles have not been great at selecting corners. It's not something they do well here. They don't draft and develop them on the outside very well. You know, you go back to Sidney Jones in 2017. They took a player that was injured because he had a high pedigree before that, and it just didn't work out. You know, Rasul Douglas actually probably turned out to be a hit considering where they got him for his career. He just didn't hit with the Eagles. Eric Rowe, we can go through the list. There's been a lot of corners over the years that they've tried since, you know, you go back to Toledo. I mean, you go back to the, the Sheldon Browns. It's been a long time since the Eagles drafted a corner high and it worked out. So it's, it's kind of a blind spot for them. It doesn't mean they can't take the kid out of Toledo. They couldn't take Kool-Aid McKinstry out of Alabama. And they could do things like this with the 22nd pick, but do you trust the Eagles to get the pick right at corner? I, I don't. I actually trust Howie's eye for trading for corners, for acquiring corners, way more than I do this way of doing it, right? Like, what they did with Darius Slight was was outstanding. That was a good trade. It's worked out. What they did in the free agent market with James Bradbury for that one year worked out. Asante Samuel, back in the day, worked out. The trade for Ronald Darby, 2017, worked out. They've had a, a good track record of acquiring corners. I know Namdi stands out, but especially when they trade for a corner... You know, they could identify someone else's good corner and plug them in. It's about drafting and finding the right ones for here and putting them in and having patience. They've struggled with that. And I also think when you're dealing with young corners, there's going to be some growing pains. So I'd rather take a young corner that's still young, 23 years old, but already has two Pro Bowls under his belt, rather than, you know, go into the draft and use my first round pick and just cross my fingers that a 21 or 22 year old is going to be half as good as Patrick Tate's been in the NFL. So I think this is the perfect fit. We know the Eagles had some interest this past season. Reports at the deadline that the Eagles and Niners pushed hard to trade for Patrick Tate. So there was previous interest. There's probably some current interest. There's the coaching connection. There's that draft day connection. There's an ultimate need here. And then I think about this, because this is always part of, of trades. And how it happens. The other side. Okay, so you, you might say, Joe, all right, fine. I, I'll, I'll go along with you on this one. Pat Sertain could be a really good player for the Eagles. Why would the Denver Broncos trade him? Well, the reason is simple. If you don't have a quarterback, the roster is still fluid. And in Denver, Sean Payton doesn't have a quarterback. And because they traded so many assets a couple years ago for Russell Wilson, they're still trying to dig out of that. And while they have a relatively high pick within the first half of the first round, they don't have a top 10 pick, and they don't have a pick where they could guarantee themselves a quarterback. So the Denver Broncos may have to maneuver through the draft to get the kind of quarterback they want, and I don't know if they're looking to move all the way up and make a you know, 
franchise-altering kind of move into the top two or three to get a Caleb Williams, to get a Drake May, to get a Jaden Daniels. I'm not sure if that's their plan, or they just want to secure the fourth quarterback, whoever that may be. Maybe I would guess J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan has a real good chance to be that fourth quarterback. I could see him with Sean Payton. Maybe they want to move up to six to make sure they get McCarthy before someone jumps them. Whatever they're going to do, they're going to have to move and maneuver. And the Eagles, thanks to some of Howie's moves in the past, have an extra asset in this draft, a pretty good one. They have two second-round picks because they have the Saints' second-round pick. Now, I'm sure the Denver Broncos would say, if you want Pat Sertain, two Pro Bowls by 23 years old, you're giving us the 22nd pick in the draft, and that might be the cost. But I also wonder if the Eagles could get him for one of those second-round picks and then a future pick, and you kind of hedge it and push it into the future a little bit. I'm not sure how, how he does it, but I do know this. When you have a an extra second-round pick, when you have three picks in the top 50-something, you have a chance to make a move, and a big move. And as far as Sertain goes, you know he qualifies as a, a totally de- defensive-changing kind of move. It's why last week when the, the conversation came up on WIP about swapping A.J. Brown for him, I would do that because it's still you get to keep all your picks, you get to reallocate resources on the defensive side, and you get Pat Sertain, which is the whole object of this whole thing. And as I try to rebuild this defense, I think about what it's going to look like into the into the future. You know, give me another Alabama kid. Give me a kid that played, you know, at Alabama with all of these other studs that we're talking about. This this group of Georgia Alabama kids that have helped change the Eagles' culture in a lot of ways over the last couple of years. Give me another one of those guys. You know, Darius Slay a couple of years ago said, other than going up against Slay in practice, the most difficult guy he's ever had to go against in terms of covering him has been Pat Sertain. I mean, he really respects the hell out of Pat Sertain. And if Devontae's saying that, because Devontae is a student, a tactician, you know, he, he understands the intricacies of playing the wide receiver position and how difficult some corners could be. If Devontae's saying that, it stands out to me. So give me another Alabama kid. Give me one with great technique, who's got his whole career ahead of him. I mean, Pat Sertain can make the next six or seven Pro Bowls, all pros. That's how good this guy is at the cornerback position. It wouldn't surprise me at all if for years to come, every Pro Bowl has Sauce Gardner and has Pat Sertain. That's how good he is. And it reminds me a little bit, the whole A.J. Brown idea and all that, of when Champ Bailey and Clinton Portis were swapped. You know, what was that, by you know, the middle of a couple decades ago? Two great players, great players. And, and Bailey was a great player for a long time. I think Sertain could be. I mean, first of all, I feel old having this conversation because I were watching his dad with the Miami Dolphins. But this Patrick Sertain is better than his dad. He's a better player. And, you know, I think about the the Denver Broncos and, and what they're trying to do. And if they still think they got room to grow and they need to get a quarterback and they need picks to move up, the Eagles could supply those picks. Sertain could be here. It gives them optionality, flexibility on what they want to do with a trade of Slay. Maybe they keep Slay. Maybe they cut Bradbury. However they want to play it, they've got options here because they have something they could count on. Keely Ringo, probably better than Bradbury right now, but you don't know if you can count on him. Eli Ricks, I thought he was abused more than he was effective early in his NFL career this year. He just didn't look ready for the moment. We'll see if Isaiah Rogers comes back next year off the gambling suspension and looks like he could play. You know, a year off could do funny things to a football player, but we'll see. And maybe he's a guy that gives them another option in the slot for if or when Avante Maddox gets hurt. So you add it all together between the coaching connections, the Eagles' interest in this guy in the past, his age, 23, two Pro Bowls, the fact that I think Denver could use the extra assets in a pick uh, instead of maybe paying this guy in a year or so. I think it all lines up for a Pat Sertain trade this offseason. 
and I trust the Eagles to trade for a corner way more than I do to identify one and draft one. Plus, if the Eagles somehow could get certain for, let's say, this, well, they're, they're the better of the two second-round picks and then something in the future, whatever it's going to cost. And a 22nd pick, this is a really, really strong offensive lineman, offensive tackle draft. Last year, there were rumors about Peter Skronsky, who I wanted, Paris Johnson, who I think the Eagles probably had their eye on, who went to the Arizona Cardinals. The heir apparent, the, the insurance policy for Lane Johnson, we play him at guard for a year if Kelsey retires. You move Jurgens inside, you draft that offensive lineman, maybe the Guyton kid out of, out of, out of uh, Oklahoma. Who knows? But it gives you options at 22. Offensive line at 22, trade for Sertain, and all of a sudden you got building blocks on both sides of the line of scrimmage in really just making one significant move. My number one player for the Eagles to go after this offseason is Patrick Sertain. It checks the box of now. It checks the box of the future. It checks the box of important position, and it fits the Eagles' mold, and it's a guy it feels like They've been chasing for some time, and now of all these connections on the staff, I think Patrick Sertain, you know, as the Eagles make their big board for the offseason, I'm sure they'll have potential trade acquisitions, potential free agents, their own guys, their draft, everyone else will fall underneath. Patrick Sertain should be the Eagles' number one priority to go after this offseason. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. It is Super Bowl week. I'm sure a ton will talk about the game, preview the game, you know, props, all that kind of stuff coming up end of the week. But I do appreciate you guys listening, subscribing, and following WIP Daily. Have a great Tuesday. And we, of course, will talk very soon on WIP Daily.